Go ahead and turn to the book of Deuteronomy. This morning, I'm excited. Y'all can't tell, right? Been a good, I feel the spirit moving this morning, and that's exciting. But I've been excited about this all week. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be going over worship. And then after that, three weeks on serve. And the next three weeks after that, discipleship. And, and those are the focuses, like I said earlier, those are the three focuses our church is going to be um, really focusing on this year's. Worship, serve, discipleship. And why I'm excited about worship, because I feel like we're, we're going to handle this question is, what is worship? And I went around um, on, on social media and I was texting some of my friends and asking them, hey, what is worship? And I got some of the most off-the-wall answers that you could ever imagine. And some of them I'm, I'm too ashamed to even share with y'all. But we're going to handle that this morning. What is worship? Um, I, I heard this message a few years ago and it changed my life and it changed how I viewed how I worship God. And so I'm excited to, to share this with you. And I believe that if we're going to break out of the box that Dumplin' Baptist is in, right? If, we're going to, if you are going to be the man and the woman that God created you to be, if you're going to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to understand what worship is. Amen? So we're going to be handling that this morning. And uh, do you know that you were born and that you were created to worship God? Right? Everyone that's born, everyone who's alive, whoever's been in our history of this planet, has set foot on this world, was born and created to worship God. And so the question isn't, are you a worshiper? The question is, who and what you are worshiping? Everyone's a worshiper. You believe in God, doesn't matter, you're going to worship something. And so we're going to be boiling that down today. We're going to, we're going to talk about um, worship, and I have another question later on that I'm going to ask you. But I feel like this is something that, as Christians, we tend to struggle with. And so let's pray and ask God to be with us, that He would interpret the Scripture for us, and that He would challenge our hearts so that we would not leave here unchanged. Pray with me, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this um, awesome service, God. Thank you for your presence being in here, um, and God, and lifting our hearts, God. Oh, Lord, I pray that, um, God, that as we go through what is worship for the next couple of weeks, God, that you would truly, truly touch our hearts, that you would convict us, that you would change us, God. Um, and Father, most importantly, Lord, I pray that you use me as your microphone, God, that you speak to us today. Father, we love you in your son's name. Amen. Amen. So, so here's the definition of worship, right? I like simple things because it helps me remember them, right? And so the, the basic definition of worship is love expressed. So if you go ahead and write that down, if you got a pen, worship is love expressed. You have to have love in your heart for God in order to worship God, but you also have to express that or it's not worship. You have to love and express now, don't get that confused. That doesn't mean that you have to express your love the same way that everybody else does. Worship looks different for other people. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But um, if you look throughout the entire Bible, anytime you see um, where it's people worshiping God, it's dealing with their heart in some type of expression. Right? But know that if you express it but do not have love in your heart, then it's not worship. And, and what that looks like, it, it kind of looks like somebody coming to church. 
and they sit down and they shake hands and they stand up when someone tells them to stand up and sometimes they don't even do that, right? But they stand up and and they read along the words on the screen and they try to stay awake during the sermon, right? I try not to put y'all to sleep. And, And then they go home, they never touch their Bible, they never worship, they never serve God, they never talk about God until Wednesday night when they come back to church. That is all good. It's okay to, to come to church. Those are good things, right? But that is 100% expression with no love in the heart. Worship is love expressed, not just expression. Next week, we're going to be talking about how we can say things with our mouth, but we truly don't mean it, right? That's called culture Christianity. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe in God. But there's no expression in their life that proves it. And so that's not what worship is. And so express love expressed. Because if you love God, you will express it. Right? If you love God, you will express it. A beautiful testimony from Madison this morning. Who I know God, I love God, and now she wants to express it in her life. And she shows us this beautiful testimony of baptism. That's expression. That's worship. That's love being expressed. Right? Praise. I thank God for that this morning. Got me fired up. Love expressed. If you love it, you will express it. If you don't, you won't. Right? And so uh, going back to the definition, I want, you, I want us to focus on that first word, love. Worship is love. So Deuteronomy chapter 11 and we're going to kind of jump around. I'm going to give you a background. The, the whole purpose of this book, right? And I hope when you read through the Bible, you don't skip this book. This is a great book for you to read because the whole purpose of it was to provide a guideline for the new covenant uh, community. It was helping them live obediently to God and to help them try to carry out what his intentions were for them. Most of the New Testament authors, uh, they, they quoted Deuteronomy. Even Jesus himself. And so he quoted this book. So it says that what we're about to read is important. (laughs) Right? And so I want you to really focus with me. Um, We're focusing on worship is love. Look at uh, chapter 11, verse 1. It says, You shall therefore love the Lord your God, keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. Right? Let's skip over to verse 13. And it says, and if you indeed obey my commandments that I've commanded you today, right? And so as a little kid, you remember when your, when your mom told you, hey, I'm about to leave. It's a Saturday. You can do what you want, but you better do these things. And so as a kid, you should really listen to what your mom was, was about to say, right? Because if you weren't too careful, if you, forgot, if you forgot what she said, five hours, you've been watching TV all day. Mama comes through the drive-thru, your heart starts, starts pounding. Because you didn't do one thing she said, right? And you know you're about to get into trouble. And so this is important. If you Read it again. If you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today. So this next part is important. To love the Lord your God and to serve Him. That word serve can also be translated in Hebrew of worship. To serve or worship Him with all your heart and all your soul. Verse 22, skip down. For if you will be careful to do all these commands that I've commanded you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in all His ways, and holding fast to Him. 
So going back to that definition of worship, love expressed according to what we just read, the greatest thing that you can do is to love God. And I know the Southern Baptist in you right now is like, whoa, hold on, brother. Right? The greatest thing you can do is to serve God. Right? No. The greatest thing that you can do is love God. Because if you love God, you will serve God. If you love God, you will express that and worship God. So the greatest thing is for you to love God with everything in your heart. Everything. Right? Jesus said in the gospel when he was getting attacked by the Pharisees, hey, what's the greatest commandment? They were trying to trip Jesus up. He said, man, you guys know what the greatest commandment is. So love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is like is to love your neighbor as what? As yourself. So even Jesus, hey, this is the greatest thing. Love God. That is the biggest and greatest, most, that's the best thing that you can do as a Christian. And that is a simple, very simple thing is to love God more than everything else. Love other people more than you love yourself. That is a very simple thing, but we can't do it. Right? We can't do it. We struggle with it. That's why when it comes to worship in God, love expressed, you have to use your entire being, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. You guys with me this morning? Come on, wake up with me. Right? Let me ask you this. Have you, here's the question I want to ask. Have you ever seen somebody else and you, you think to yourself, man, I just don't love God as much as that person? Has anyone ever, have you ever felt that? Have you ever seen someone you're like, man, I, they love God on a whole nother level? Right? And, and, and so when, when we struggle with that, Right. When, 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 you, when we struggle with that, it, we struggle with this love thing. So let me ask you this. Where does love come from? Your heart. That's right. Love comes from God. Right. First John tells his brothers, so let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever love um, has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so one of my favorite passages about the heart and, and love comes from Ezekiel, right? When, and you guys know what I'm talking about. When God exchanges your heart of stone and gives you a heart of what? A flesh, right? That's, that's one of my favorite things because I've shared my testimony with you guys. Growing up, I, I knew Jesus Christ. My grandfather shared the gospel with me and he made it clear and I accepted Christ into my, as my Lord and Savior. And I felt the calling to be a pastor when I was 12 and, and I was able to do ministry and to preach and to do all these things, but my heart was still hard. Right. I, I still had a hard heart. And, and it wasn't until I got into college where this community of believers started um, shaping and molding me and, and uh, rebuking me when I was an idiot. Thank the Lord. Right. Right. We need some of those people to rebuke us. But God started softening my heart. And so when you when it what, what happens is when we become saved and we surrender to the grace of Jesus Christ, we receive this new heart. In Galatians, when we just got done going over Galatians, it says you become a new creation. Right? Isn't that good? That's good. We become a new creation. So God takes your old, dirty, hard heart and gives you a new one. Now looking back into Deuteronomy, go to chapter 30 with me just real quick. I want you to read this for yourself. Chapter 30, verse 6. This is awesome right here. 
Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, and it says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring. And this is why it's so good right here. Listen, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. That is good. Right? That is a good thing. That is good news. The gospel is good that God can literally take the heart and the hard, evil heart of a dirty sinner like me. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new beginning, and fills my heart with His love so that I can worship Him. And that's good news. That is good news. When I got saved, God made me brand new. And He continues to make me brand new. It's continuous. The grace upon grace upon grace, it never ends. God makes us new. That is good. So Christians, if you are saved, you love God. You still might have that question or have that idea that, oh, so-and-so, man, I don't love God as much as them. If you have that problem, right, I have, I have, a, I have a couple things that, uh, that I want to share with you, right? Um, for example, when I first met Lucy, right, my wife, sorry, I always use it for an example. It's what it is. But my freshman year, I came into our college and I was a little rough, right? I grew up in, in a ghetto type area. I was rough. She wasn't, okay? She didn't grow up in that environment, praise the Lord. But when I saw her, she was currently dating her boyfriend from high school. And I was with my mentor, Josh Chambers, on the basketball team. And I was standing there and she walked by and I said, hmm, who is that? He said, that's Lucy. Man, she, went, she won't even give you the time of day. I said, uh-uh. She might not right now, but I'm, I'm going to take her from him one day, right? And praise God, it's a, God worked a miracle, right? right? But I used to call Lucy Mother Teresa. She doesn't, I don't know if she knows this. I used to call her Mother Teresa because our freshman year, she won the religion major award, like the, like the best religion major. She won that award because Lucy loved God. I would look at her and go, man, I wish I would love God like Lucy does. Right now, like, man, she, the way that she prays, it's like she's standing right next to God, the way that she served. And it just blew my mind. But I realize now that it's not that I didn't have a heart to love God. I realized that she had been walking with the Lord for a while. And, and even though she didn't grow up in the same environment, we, we were saved at similar ages. When my hard times hit, I typically would not lean fully on the Lord. And when hard times hit Lucy and her family, man, she, just, she dove right into Jesus. And so I want to say that, that Christ, if you are a Christian, it's not that your heart is broken. It's that your love needs to grow for God. The more time you spend with God, the more your love grows, right? If you're a parent, raise your hand for me real quick. If you have a kid, if you dislike a kid somewhere in the world, right? When you first had your kid... Right? They were born and you held it. Did you love that baby? Was that the moment that you loved your baby? Say yes. Right. Okay, two years, five years, 15, 20, 30, 50 years later, do you love that child less, the same, or more? Right? Depending on which kid you're talking about, right? (laughs) Right? But the more that you spend time and the more that you're around, you love them more. Your love grows. Zach Brown is a a country artist. He has a song called, You Get What You Give. If you're fully surrendering your life to Jesus, you're fully depending on Him, your love for Him will grow. 
It's nothing that you do. It's you surrendering. God, I need you. The more you do that, the more your love for him grows because he is constantly putting his love into your heart. That is a good thing. That is a good, good thing. And so it's not that your heart is messed up. It's that you love for God needs to continue to grow. You get what you give. Um, the second thing about your heart, you need to understand that sometimes love leaks. Sometimes love leaks. What happens is, is that God gives us this new heart and he completely fills it with love, right? And you get filled up and it feels awesome. But what tends to happen is we tend to love and worship other gods other than God the Father. We, we all of a sudden have these idols in our hearts that pop up and we tend to worship that because they start taking the place of God inside of our heart. Have you been there before? Say yes. You've been there before. And so we worship other gods and the love for false gods we worship. And, and all of a sudden that the love expressed is not for God, but it's for these things that we struggle with. So if your heart is going after something other than God, the Savior, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. So when you look at somebody else and you say, man, I don't think I love God as much as them. You just need to check your heart. Because it's not that you have a bad heart. If you're a Christian, you have a new one. It's just full of, pardon my friends, crap. It's full of idols, false gods that we put there. And then when you've worshipped those, you express it by how you live. You come to church unchanged. You leave here unchanged. You go home, never touch your Bible, you never pray. You come to the event that the pastor talks about. Doesn't mean anything. You worship what you love. You express what you love. Right? Um, I have an example. I need to set it up for me, so y'all give me a second. This beautiful one said. The Lord gave me this example. I had a regular the other day, and I got real hyped up, and God gave me this example, so you have to bear with me. So I'm gonna use this. This is your heart, right? And it's empty, and then when you become a believer, when, when Christ and you surrender to Jesus, he takes his love, right? And he fills up your heart. How beautiful is this, right? And he fills your heart with his love and his presence and his spirit. We're promised as believers, as Christians, that the Holy Spirit will dwell inside of you. How amazing is that? And God fills your heart. I'm talking to the brim. Right? God fills your heart. But what tends to happen is we have these big things called false gods. Right? And we say, look, uh, God, I love you, but man, I need to make sure I have enough money. And so we worship our money, we, we hoard it, or we spend it on worthless things, right? We stress about it. And, oh, God, I love you, but I, I really love food. And we worship food. Some love leaks out, right? Oh, God, I, I love you, but, uh, you know, I need to do this. And, oh, God, I love you. And we just keep filling our heart over and over with false idols and false gods. And it's like, man, God, I feel like I, I'm so far away from you, God. I don't know what is going on, God. If you're real, where are you? And we just keep filling our heart with things that do not belong there. And it's not that we're far from God or God's far from us. Our heart is just full of false idols. My goodness, love is leaking out. And so it's no longer love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's love the Lord your God with whatever left in your heart to love. 
Man, that convicted me. That convicted me. So when you think those things, man, I think they love God more than me, or, oh, man, I just don't feel it anymore. Check your heart. Check your heart. Worship is love. And it has to come from a pure heart. Y'all hear me on that one? It has to come from a pure heart. The second thing, worship is love expressed. Say love expressed. Love expressed. Love has to be expressed. And I've heard a few of y'all, and I've I've been in ministry for a while, and I've heard it other places. I've heard people go, well, you know what? I just don't express my love like that. You can raise your hands up front, Pastor. I just don't do that. The doctor told me to keep my hands down. Right? I just don't do that. And so let me, let me give an example. We've only been married for a little over a year, so the rest of y'all are experts that have been married, right? Let me ask you this. If you, if you express your love in your marriage, is that a good marriage? Yes. If you don't express your love in your marriage, is that a bad marriage? Yes. Right? It's bad. It doesn't work, right? And so let me, let me tell you this. If you never express your love to your spouse, man, you're going to be in trouble, Right? Women, you too. If you never express your love, you're in trouble. If you don't tell your spouse or the person you're in a relationship with, hey, I love you, you're going to be in trouble. And it, it doesn't work like this. Hey, I, lo- I told you I loved you 40 years ago, right? And if it's changing, I'll send you a message and let you know. It doesn't work like that. That does not work. If you love your spouse, if you love um, that person, you will express that love. And, and it can't just be words, Right? That's just something that I look, I like talking. Right? Right? Lucy doesn't like when I, I like flirting with her and stuff like that. She's like, man, she just wants to have a real conversation with me. And so for, in order for me to express my love to my wife, I have to speak her love language and sit down and, and have a deep conversation with her. Right? If she wants to express her love for me, you know, she has to speak my love language and how I feel love, and that's how we express it to one another. Right? And so to kind of understand this more, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 4. And I, oh man, this is, uh, this is something I learned just here recently. Genesis chapter 4, um, and look at verse 25. You know, this is the first time we get to see mankind worshiping God. Right? Turn to Genesis 4, 25 and 26. And before that, I want, you to, I want to tell you that there's no other species, nothing else on the planet that can communicate and express their love like humans can. Right? And I know a lot of y'all, Brian, I know you love your dog like I love my dog, but our dogs can't talk. Right? You can sit there, and I can tell my dog, Ollie, what do you, what do you want to eat? And he just kind of turns his head and looks at me. He can't express anything. If you talk to Brownie, she's just going to bark at you. Right? If y'all don't know Brownie, she's a little brown dog running around barking, barking at you. Right? Dogs can't communicate. Animals cannot communicate. By the way, this is a side note. I think Brownie's bipolar, so if anyone can help me with that, we'll, we'll get her fixed up. We'll get her fixed up, but let's look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 25 and 26. It says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth, for she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed Abel. Y'all know the story. Right? Cain and Abel, they were brothers, and Adam and Eve, the first man and woman on earth, and, and Cain, out of jealousy and all these things, he killed his brother. 
right? But God had promised that through offspring, right, through generations, that he would uh, bring forth the Savior, the Messiah. And if, if you were with us in Galatians, we talked about that, right? And so Abel, is, uh, Cain killed Abel. Abel's gone. We, he can't have a descendant. And so God appointed a new son. And it, through his generations, uh, his offspring would be birthing Jesus Christ someday. Right? Isn't it cool to see how God, uh, throughout history, just works? Right? God, it kind of tells me that God's in control. Right? That's a good thing. Okay, so look at verse 25 or 26. It says, To Seth also uh, a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. And here's what I want you to see. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. If you're reading your King James Version of your Bible, it said they began to, uh, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. The NET version says, at that time, people began to cry out and worship the Lord. I heard a pastor that spoke on this topic that really changed me and how I thought about worship. He said, up until this point, any conversation man had with God was man answering questions, never initiating or starting the conversation. And now we get to Genesis chapter four and they are crying out to God. They are worshiping. They are expressing their love that they had for God. That's good. Right. And now that now at this point we get to express, we get to cry out, we get to worship God. They called out on the Lord. That's called communication. Right. And and worship, like I said, is love expressed, but it's also love communicated. Are you all with me? Say love communicated, love communicated. And what's funny is that men and women, we communicate a little different than each other. Right. Right. Some men, they like to talk and express their emotions. Some women, they don't want you to talk to them. They want to stay in the room by themselves. But any secular, I'm about to get in trouble. All the secular uh, studies on communication and the difference in genders says that women communicate by talking and listening. And I see some of you women are like, duh, that's what communication is, Donnie, talking and listening. Right. But men, we communicate by watching and doing. That's how we communicate. For example, two men could go on a hunting trip all weekend, on a fishing trip, whatever. They can be together 24-7, say five words to each other, come home, and they're best friends. Right? Women can't do that. I have six sisters, okay? I know if the women aren't talking to each other, something bad is about to go down. Right? I learned to get out of the room and get out of there quick. Right? Women communicate by talking and listening. Men communicate by watching and doing. Me and my stepdad, we would, um, when I got to pipe fit with him for a little while in California, we would drive, we would wake up at four in the morning, drive three or four hours to the job site, not say a word, work all day long, have lunch together, not say a word, get in the truck, drive home four hours, not say a word, and hey, we were good. Right? We, hey, I thought I was close to my stepdad. Right now, as a man, I'm saying I'm not saying or advocating that you don't talk about what's going on in your life. Right. Men, I want to specifically talk to the men. Men, it's important that you find a community of brothers that you can share your struggles with. That's what changed my life was finding a group of brothers. I'm a brotherhood that really helped push me in my relationship with Jesus, rebuked me when I was an idiot. Guys, men, we need that. So I'm not advocating that you're silent. I'm just stating the fact that's how we communicate, right? And so that's how we communicate. But um, 
<laughs> I think it's funny, you know, ladies say, well, you know, they, they listen and talk. And when Lucy tells me, listen, right, sometimes I need that. I'll focus on her. But then after she's done, right, she'll say, now talk to me. And my brain can't do that because she said, listen first. And so I really focused on listening, right? And so, but she, she caught on, and this is where I need to, to grow up. And man, I, I'm sharing this, and you know, I'm, I'm humbling myself and sharing this because maybe you need to learn from my mistakes, this young pup, right? She said, oh, she learned my, my love language and said, hey, let's do something together. And I said, cool, you want to watch the game? <laughs> right? Because we, we watch and do, right? So don't make that mistake that I make, okay? But we communicate differently, we might even worship differently. But we have to communicate our love for God. It has to be communicated. Right? Men, do you know that over the past 100 years, there has not been a strong male leadership in the church? Male leadership has declined over the past 100 years in the Christian church. And I'm not, uh, you know, that's why we see um, the church becoming more feminized. Now, I'm not like anti-women. I'm not, I'm, I'm none of that. I'm just stating the fact that the women are taking the charge and I'm thankful that they are because if they weren't, the church would be dead. Men, we have to stand up. Men, we have to express the love that we have for God in worship. The women can't be the only ones doing that. Right? I need an amen from the men. We need to serve. And you can worship. Men, you can worship God. I've seen y'all stand and clap for the volunteers when they scored a touchdown. Praise the Lord. Right? I've seen you get excited about guns and hunting. I've seen the excitement in your heart. But when it comes to worship, why do we step aside and let the women take the lead? We let them go by themselves. We can worship, men. Ladies, thank you for your service. But men, step up. We have to step up. You can express your love by serving God, by building something for somebody, by helping clean the church, by doing all... Men, you can serve and worship just like the women can sing and worship. It has to be done. Everyone is a worshiper. As a Christian, you are called to love God with everything that you can. You are called to worship God. Worship is your love being expressed. Express that by singing as loud as you can on Sunday mornings. Right? We sang some worship songs this morning. All about blessing God. Sing those. That's how you express. I, there's no shame in my game. I put my hands up. My God is good enough for me to stand with my hands up. My God is also good enough for me to sit down when I need to sit down and let him talk to me. My God is also good enough for me to kneel at the altar and pray when I need to get down and get right with the Lord. You can worship God. You can express that love for God. Jesus gives us this perfect example of worshiping, right? When when God himself, Jesus humbled himself down to become a man, lived a perfect life. And knew that his love for God and his love for us would be expressed in the most horrific death possible. Jesus dying in our place. And listen, look, look, if worship is love expressed, look at how Jesus worshiped his heavenly father. Even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. 
Jesus expressed his love for us by dying in our place. Worship is love expressed. If you love God, you will express it. That is why at Dumplin' Baptist, we're doing those mission serve days. As a church, we're going to express the love that we have for God into our community by serving our community. That's why as a church, we're going to worship and we're going to serve and we're going to disciple because that's how we express our love for God. As a Christian, you are called to worship and to serve and to make disciples. Get on it. But maybe right now your heart is full. Maybe right now you have other idols that are growing and taking the spot of God and, 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 his, and your expression for the love that you have for God, you're expressing it towards your false idols. It's time to check your heart. It's time to check your heart. Do you love God with everything? Your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Are you expressing that? Daily, not just here. Daily. Are you expressing that? Worship is love expressed. Are you worshiping? So I'm going to ask the praise team and the worship team to come up. And we're going to sing the song 10,000 Reasons. And I want to share why I chose that song to sing again. When I rededicated my life in college, right? My, my mentor invited me to the Tuesday night college-led, college, college student-led um, praise night. We go and sing songs and someone brings a message and I was fighting more. I did not want to be a part of it. Even at a Christian university, studying to be a pastor, I was running from the Lord. And I, and I came in late, right? That's what you do when you're dead when you come into things late. Right? So I was late to the worship night. And I get there and I, I'm standing in the back. And this song, 10,000 Reasons, was playing. I've never heard it before. That was the first time I heard the song. And I'm standing there and I'm seeing all these people crying and hugging each other. I'm like, man, this is weird. I don't want nothing to do with this. <laughs> and then I felt God pull, literally pull my heart. Have you ever felt the Lord pull on your heart? That's yeah. a spirit grabbing me, trying to, hey, wake up a little bit. And I felt that. And I, my eyes were fixed on the screen. And it said, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul, worship his holy name. And in that moment, it was like God was standing right in my face and said, Don, look at your life. Look where I brought you from. Look at your family. Look how broken your family is. Look where I brought you. Look where you're at today. I bless you, Don. And I heard this, and it still rings in my ear. Every time I hear it, it is, it is it's, I can't get out of my head. God's saying, when are you going to bless me? When are you going to bless me? Worship is love expressed. Are you worshiping? Are you blessing the Lord with your life? We're going to stand. We're going to stand. I'm going to pray. What's going to happen? The time of response should look like this. You should sing your guts out. You should sing the song with everything you got. All the love that you have, you should express it singing the song right now. But if you are like this example, your heart is full of idols. It's time to let them go. It's time to rededicate your life to get back to serving and worshiping God. Maybe God's calling you to, to surrender to Him. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe today's the day to do that. How amazing is that to receive a new heart from God today? Come on. Maybe you just need to spend time praying. The altar's always there to pray. I'm here to pray with you. Worship is love expressed. Check your heart.
unique for the service this morning. Thank you for um, Madison's testimony through baptism, God. I got thank you for the worship that we're able to be a part of. God, Lord, I pray right now, Father, that you would convict our hearts and things that we need to be changed. God, there's idols in our hearts. God, remove them, Father, so that your love can fill us back up so that we can express that love to you. God, teach us how to worship you daily. I pray someone here needs to make a decision for you, God, that you give them the boldest and courage to you. Father, we love you. So in this prayer, amen. Let's
Worship is love expressed. Worship this week. Bless God this week. Last time I had to come over here and there she come on. I remember when she was up this tall. We're not too far apart from each other. I mean, age, but I remember when she was little, little, little. So this is kind of like family to me as well. But y'all come by and encourage her. Um, and when do you go back home? Friday. She goes back home on Friday, but y'all keep keeping her in prayers um, as she continues this new journey with the Lord. And I pray that God continues to fire her up. Amen? So y'all come by, love on her, encourage her, and uh, worship this week. Worship God this week. Amen? Brother King, uh, Smith, will you pray for us and we'll be the Smith? Oh, if you want to purchase a Dumpin' Back the shirt, the money goes to Mission Serve Days. Um, Lucy is going to be in the back conference room. They're $15. You can purchase them today or whenever. We only have 50 of them, so 